So welcome everybody. I'm Ivy Rivera. I'm a psychic medium, a Taino Airwalk. Today we are talking about the reality of relationships, why some relationships are so difficult, so damaging, why it's so hard to let go, and how we can better understand what the true nature is of our relationships based on the contracts that we signed before we came to earth. I'll be looking at this from an intuitive perspective. And we have with a special guest astrologer, Christina Del Rey, who will be handling the planets and stars behind all of this. How are you, Christina? Excellent. Glad to be here. So I'm glad to have you here. Now, the nature between Christina and I, we go way back. I think that as she's been um, living more of the single life, in recent years, I've been able to look at her contracts with different people and say, this is the nature of, of this, and this is what you can expect to happen. And that's been pretty darn accurate. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's a totally different world and you're right every time. It's ridiculous. <laughs> what I do. Okay. And from my end, I've been going to Christina for like 10 years, not only for like work charts and personal charts, but for synergy charts. So I've had Christina look at different love parts partners and family dynamics. And I know that if she and I sit down and we look at a synergy chart that doesn't look so hot, that I should probably not put too much stock in that relationship, that it may be dated, or I might be uh, coming more from a place of emotion versus what the reality is of that relationship. So we've been helping each other that way. And uh, Christina is always spot on with this. So today I'm going to be talking first, then I'm going to switch this over to her. What I wanted to talk about here is the reality that we come to earth with different contracts with different people. And these contracts are the agreement that we made to either work with this person, help each other grow maybe learn something really difficult. And the majority of them are not lifelong contracts. What I notice in relationship contracts are deadlines. And I think that it's not talked about enough. I think that people don't want to admit that a lot of relationships are on a deadline and that the lessons they're in are often on a deadline. Uh, we do have some relationships that are extremely addictive. And I have a class up on my website on this called Karma Contracts and Past Lives. We have a free one here on YouTube on Soulmates. And these are a couple different kinds that can feel as though you can't get out. So if you have a karmic contract with somebody, or if you have a soulmate contract, you have something called cords. So what do the cords do? The cords are basically energetic bonds that allow for the other person to tug and pull at you. It allows for you to tug and pull at them. This is voluntary. It's involuntary. This means that even if you separate and divide away from that person, if the cords are there, they may haunt you in your dreams. They may do a lot of astral travel and come to where you are. You may hear this person's name constantly. Uh, this, you know, you may think you're seeing this person everywhere. And it can be this sort of overwhelming, haunting experience that makes a lot of people go back. 
and say, oh, I have to rekindle this relationship, you know, because I'm having dreams about them. There must be something more there. There's something more there, but it's rarely ever a call to go back, especially if you know that the relationship has been damaging to you in any way. It is more a call to recognize that the something more there is in fact a cord. It's an energetic exchange and a contract that you really need to learn more about. And I like to treat all of my relationships this way. So anytime anyone new enters my life, or if there's someone from the past who keeps coming up again and again and again through odd circumstances and synchronicities, I like to sort of pull back and analyze that relationship before I start engaging in it a lot. I want to know what the contract is. I want to know what the purpose is. I want to know if and when the deadline might be. And it helps me to be realistic as I get involved with this person and know where to place them in my life. We also see a lot of past life connection. And I know Christina will probably touch more on this. Um, she calls it South Node connection. So when we look at past life connection with someone else and even um, astrological bonds where there's a lot of similarity in the charts, uh, even with numerology, if there's a lot of similarity there in the numerology chart, we will feel a sense of comfort and familiarity with this person. And we we could sometimes over-romanticize what the nature of that relationship is meant to be. So that's another area that's a little bit gray, okay? So a lot of relationships that aren't working out, uh, if you're the kind of person who does get invested in other people, you're emotional, you put a lot of effort into your relationships, and especially if you've had any kind of abuse or neglect in your childhood, uh, maybe you have abandonment issues, there are a lot of triggers that come from relationships. And they can, if they're failing, lead to frustration, mostly from you trying to work it out all the time and it's not working. They can lead to a lot of disappointment, um, mostly when you had hopes and dreams in that relationship, whether it's a, a, a marital partner or it's a parent-to-child dynamic and it fails. And we see a lot of heartbreak. And I think that most of the heartbreak comes from not being willing to let go. Okay, so we're going to talk about a couple different areas here where I see this most commonly, what may be going on with that contract, and then I'm going to switch this over to Christina. All right, so the first thing to remember is that if a relationship is not working out to your standards, it can feel very much like rejection, okay? Medical studies show, MRIs in particular, show that the same area of the brain is activated when we experience rejection as when we experience actual physical pain. It is referred to, okay, when you're dealing with a breakup, with a friend, uh, with an estrangement, with a lover, okay, it's all often referred to as a punch in the gut a knife in the heart, because it literally is the same physically, okay? Your brain, your body doesn't know any difference there. So it's important to remember that while you're coping and trying to get to a healthier place. Honor it for the severity that it may bring. All right, areas where I see this the most. So romantic partnerships, the number one area where I see this the most. 
And I think that it's really upsetting to give readings and healings to someone who has a karmic contract, meaning they have those cords, that addiction to the other purpose, to a point of obsession where they can't leave each other. They keep coming back or energetically pulling and tugging at each other, but it's definitely toxic. Okay, so when we look at karmic contracts, they are often extremely difficult. They can be damaging. They come with really hard lessons, but they can feel exactly the same as a soulmate connection. So we have to be more willing and honest about the nature and the toxicity of a karmic relationship bond. And we have to be willing to leave when we need to. When I see a karmic contract come up in somebody's reading, I kind of know they're never going to make it. It's just like this was never meant to be what they think it's it's supposed to be. Now, granted, um, you know, this can happen in any type of relationship, fam familial friends. It can happen in any way. Right now, we're focused on uh, romantic, and this is where I see the biggest problem with that for sure. Uh, then we see these soulmate contracts. What is a soulmate contract? That means that you have a work contract. It means that you were supposed to get together with this person and you were supposed to build something, grow, learn from each other, create. You have a job to do together. You're supposed to work as a team. That does not ensure that both parties are going to be on board. You know, you could, you typically have one that's lagging or is afraid of that level of connection or that level of commitment, the amount of work that would have to go into it. And you have one person who's excited about that and is, is honoring it for what it is and recognizes it is something special. And so this can often lead to a complete deterioration of what could have been an amazing bond. That is a common thing to have happen. Also, we have to realize that we don't get just one soulmate. So I have a class up on the website called Reaching the One. And in that class, I talk about how there's no such thing as just the one. So twin flames are a complete and total myth. They've made a lot of cash off of this. There's no proof of twin flames. It's a ridiculous concept, actually, that I think is really um, it's detrimental. It's uh, causes for us to think of ourselves as not being whole. Okay, so we need to leave that uh, delusion behind. But it is true that we do have soulmates that cross our paths and these are special and they're rare. But I would say that when I look at someone's life contract, typically I might see like five to six different soulmates cross your path. So uh, when people joke about, well, I like to think of soulmates as being like cabs, you know, one goes and it doesn't work out and another one comes along. That's not too far from the truth. And it's healthier to think of uh, soulmates as being exactly that. Okay. Uh, then we have the uh, past life connection, the astrological connections that Christina will talk more about, um, where I find that even when there's great synergy there, uh, and like with the past lives, I said earlier, there's extreme comfort and familiarity. It doesn't necessarily mean that these relationships are supposed to last forever, and we don't want to blow them out of proportion just because the energy uh, can be pretty dynamic. So I see that happening there too. We also see that romantic partnerships 
are often burdened by a past life connection, especially where we see a parent to child dynamic. And yes, it's gross. And yes, it happens. Uh, but we could be reborn with our child as our romantic partner or vice versa. And so that's another area where I think we really need to book those past life readings and those synergy charts and see if that comes up. Because often then there's a sense of entitlement, you know, like, mom, you owe this to me. And um, there's a, a real addiction, like you couldn't let your child go, you know, so we have whoever is leading, uh, who was the adult in the previous life in that relationship, basically taking care of a child. Okay, it's not a partnership, it's parent to child dynamic, uh, reliving itself. So it's important uh, to also think in terms of your programming. We've been programmed in our society, okay? And I'm in America, but I, I want to say this is really everywhere. Some places are even worse, where we are to have black or white thinking. We are all in a relationship or we are all out. It is now or never. And literally in our wedding vows, it is till death do us part. That is silly, relationships are organic, they're flowing, they're evolving. If they're not, then maybe they're dying off and we can't try to resuscitate it and force it to be alive. There are all kinds of real natural uh, growth happening here with relationships and we can't force it into one category or the other, or else we run the risk of not fulfilling that contract. What happens when you don't fulfill a relationship contract? Anybody want to take a guess? Okay, feel free to type that in. What happens when we don't fulfill a contract? Well, uh, I think Christine and I probably both agree on this. You're going to reincarnate and do it over again. It's not going to go anywhere. Like any other task you have in your life contract or your astrology chart or your numerology chart, you've got to hit these marks. We've got to get done everything that's within uh, any type of contract or else we just get to start over from scratch later on down the road. All right. So we may want to start approaching our lovers, our potential romantic partnerships with more honesty. We may want to say, hey, you know what? This is great for right now. I really feel like we're supposed to be together right now. I'm healing. You're healing. We're growing. We're learning a lot. We're building. We're having fun. And you can also be realistic about that. I don't know how long this is going to last. And I'm not going to try to hold on to it or force you to be something more in my life than just what we are right now. Okay. You may want to loosen up a little bit on all of that. Okay, the universe does not abide with that black and white mentality. The universe has its own set of rules. We have to abide by universal law. Uh, I want to talk a little bit on parenting. All right, so this is another, probably the second most dynamic and common area where I see problems arise uh, from people not understanding what I call a kid contract. So when you have a child, you are essentially chosen by that child. You chose your parents. I chose mine. For some of you tuning in, you're going to be like, that is hard to believe. There's no way. Uh, yeah, we did. And I get that uh, for sure. But, you know, for example, my parents are abusive and neglectful. Um, these are not people I, I would ever... Uh, put on a pedestal, you know, for their lack of parenting. Um, but they are definitely who I chose because I came to earth to do this work. 
And I know that I had to go through the fire and walk a very difficult walk to be able to give this information out to the world, to learn this lost language of mediumship and healing, for example. And I don't think if I had Good Times Noodle Salad uh, and I was born in, you know, an upper class situation um, with kind, loving parents and I had support all the way around that I would have been able to go through that fire. So uh, there are different situations where we choose our parents and we understand that those parents are to help us fulfill our life contract, the work that we came here to do. And so if you are a parent who sees your child as an extension of you, you want to live vicariously through your children, or you see that you either have a tremendous amount of pride in your children, and with that you can have such you know, disappointment, um, you may be over-investing in the wrong way. You may be seeing them as a reflection of you when in actuality they have their own contract. Uh, another problem with this is when parents, um, they decide they're going to lose their identity entirely. Uh, they no longer have interests. They no longer have goals. Uh, they're just, it's, mo it's mommy life. It's daddy life. Uh, and then the relationships become strained between the parents and the children um, because the parents have basically treated parenting as a sport. And it's like an all-in investment where they no longer exist. Well, if a parent stops being themselves, if a parent stops achieving and growing and expanding and doing what they came to earth to do, the, the child's part of that contract will also likely not be fulfilled. So we have to hold on to who we are uh, as parents. Now, there's also an increase in parental alienation and abuse, estrangement. It's skyrocketing in all areas. And there's uh, also, you know, not just from like narcissistic, abusive um, uh, spouses during divorce and things like that, but we're also seeing um, increasing rates of estrangement and among older parents, elderly parents especially, who are saying how disappointed they are that their children no longer come around. And these are difficult situations. I think we're going to be talking about it a lot more uh, in our society over the next 10 years and through the legal system and the therapeutic systems. But something important to remember, whether you're estranged from your children and it's basically like your relationship with, with them was transactional, like you were the cash cow. And now that you're an older person, they don't seem to come around and have any interest or there's a... Uh, uh, parental alienation dynamic going on because of an abusive uh, other parent, whatever it is, you need to hold on to the reality that your contract between you and that child was essentially to give when you could in the way that you were supposed to as much as you could. And we have to also realize that our children don't necessarily see us as these friends or these great you know, intriguing people that they want to lifelong have relationships with. In their eyes, it often is transactional. And we're seeing more and more of that come to light. And um, it was something that they could benefit from. And when they no longer have those benefits, then 
uh, they want to move away from that. Okay. And a lot of that has to do with their independence. So allow them to grow, allow for the space and do not connect your value as a parent to that particular outcome. All right, then uh, we have family dynamics, okay? Category number three, I'm going to move through this one uh, really quick. Family dynamics. Um, I do recognize that our colonial, um, you know, therapeutic, therapeutic system that is based on white male Christianity, okay, that it doesn't fit other cultures and it's not really helping uh, especially when we have collectivist uh, cultures that would give up their own needs and wants and ego for the greater good of the whole, therapy, especially here in America, does not support that. Okay, so there are a lot of therapists out there who will say, that's it. If you got toxic family, you got to cut them off. Okay, you got to go no contact. This is this is narcissism. This is abuse. This is neglect. It's doing damage to you. I want to just take a second to honor that I understand that there are other people from more of these collectivist, you know, cultures um, and family dynamics that would find that to be more damaging than anything. But that does not mean that boundary setting doesn't have to be an active part of your relationship with parents and siblings and aunties that take, 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 and expect and demand more of you than what you're comfortable giving um, so that you can grow and evolve. So boundary setting is key. And I see people struggle with this. Oh my God. So, so hard. And I think a lot of it comes from the guilt. I think it comes from the guilt of society and, um, even different cultures, you know, whether it be like I'm Puerto Rican, like that's a heavy family influence, you know, a lot of Italians, Christina included, right? You would agree with this. There's a heavy, heavy maternal, you know, and you got maternal guilt and you got that family bond and like blood is everything, but it isn't. That's the thing. Contracts are everything. And if you are tied up in an abusive family that continues to do damage to you, your mental health and your well-being, you are going to have to set boundaries. And for many of us, that does mean going no contact, even if we cannot possibly fathom that. Um, what I see with most family dynamics in regards to contracts is that they're actually relatively short. Okay. And I know that may be shocking. Like what? I'm not always going to have a close relationship with my mother or that doesn't mean the relationship has to completely die off. It just means that, um, when we look at what you signed on to with these family members, it maybe gets done during your childhood for the most part, or into your 20s. And then it's just sort of over with a lot of the time. You've gotten everything out of it that you were supposed to. Now, if you want to continue on um, interacting with each other, that's great and being supportive. And that's a beautiful thing. Um, but I think that a lot of people are realizing more and more that they feel with family that it was it was a brief interaction, uh, positive and negative. Um, and, you know, biblically we hear, you know, honor thy mother and father, and we push that hard. Uh, but it was also biblical that you are to leave thy father and mother, you know, when you became an adult and, and you were to go on and get married and start your own family. So um, we have to think of everything with family in balance and understand that those contracts are not the longest ones that I see anyways. 
Okay, friendships, we don't talk about this one nearly enough. I mean, really almost not at all. And I put up a video today on TikTok and it was a girl who was saying, um, I believe she was a therapist. And she said, we live in a society where we don't accept breakups at all under any condition uh, as anything other than something bad happening. So something bad must have happened in order for your friendship to break up. And that's sad because usually in friendship contracts, I see that they don't really break up as much as they just sort of dissolve. And when something is dissolving, it can be a, a difficult habit, tendency to reach and grab and hold on and cross boundaries, try to revive it, resuscitate it and make it into something more. But it really can feel awkward and like it's going sour. And I think that's where more of the negativity comes in. OK, so uh, I see friendship contracts often as being short um, sometimes when you're younger, they could even go like eight, 10, 12 years and be a little bit longer. Uh, but most of them are not lifelong. And I think that there's tremendous, uh, value in friendship contracts as you get older. Uh, when Christina and Reverend Danny and I were talking at our one year anniversary, uh, for Roots Revival Interfaith, our church anniversary on Sunday, we were talking about how we value our contracts with each other because they do look long and because we are all very invested in our own self-development and our own growth, okay? So things like that ensure that a friendship may go longer. Um, but it's important to know when you have friendships that are just based on proximity, for example, uh, research shows that we tend to pick friends that are within like a seven mile or 10 mile radius of us, maybe even just people from the workplace, whatever it is. So moving can cause this. Growing out of the friendship can cause this, especially if you had like in that video, she talked about bad habits, like you were overspending, uh, you were drinking and partying all the time, and now you don't want to be doing that anymore. So you're sort of growing and evolving. I see it mostly with people though, uh, and it looks like a, a similar dynamic to love partnerships where one person is outgrowing the other and the one who is getting left behind because they don't want to grow and do the work. They become jealous of the other person and they try to hold them back. And we can see backstabbing and all kinds of, you know, negativity come in and then the relationship can sort of implode. OK, so usually it's one person growing beyond the other one. Um, but I think if you look back at your childhood friendships, you'll see that uh, maybe in like elementary school and then it may have happened again in high school. You know, it may have happened again in college where you can see that those people were just right for you at that time. I mean, it was like real soulmate connection and it may have been, uh, but then it just doesn't really fit anymore. OK, so that's a great example of like that like eight to 12 year dynamic. Uh, then, uh, work this one. I don't really understand. I can't, I just can't. Okay. Um, probably cause I don't like having bosses above me taking advantage. I've always lost my mind in those situations, but a lot of people struggle with work and they feel obligated to stay beyond a, a reasonable time frame, even if it's costing them growth and they can't level up in the company. They may have bosses that guilt them. Uh, they may be told, uh, you know, that they need them, um, that they've invested so much in them, almost like shaming them. Uh, and they may 
sort of make them think that they can't find a better position elsewhere, offer them crumbs to sort of string them along and keep them a while longer when, you know, the individual is uh, ready to quit. We also see in the workplace, it's common to hear, oh, but we're family. No, you're not. No, you're not. That is a financial transaction. You need to get paid. And when you are handling your career, you should always be looking at your life contract first. It shouldn't be what a company has offered you or whether or not you have dental or that you've been there 13 or that you plan to retire from the, if it doesn't fit within your life contract, you are only supposed to be there for a short period. You're supposed to be picking up tools. Okay. Getting some tricks up your sleeve, building up that portfolio, uh, you know, learning how to, uh, take that wisdom and those resources and use it as leverage as you go out there and you build up more of what is actually within your life contract. Too many people are working for companies, working for others, or just working in general and will not stop even though they know it is not feeding their soul, they're not accomplishing anything, and they are energetically drained. Okay, now the um, work contracts typically that I see are... Uh, very brief, usually around three years. Every now and again, it's like five to six years or a little bit more. Um, but those tend to be situations where you're really gaining a lot, including power, okay, and leveling up. So be careful staying too long in work dynamics. Okay, we are going to switch this over to Christina. I think I pecked a lot in there. Christina, our astrologer. All right, let's hear from you. So that was powerful. Um I swear, I never stop learning when it comes to contracts and relationships. Um, and as a lot of people know, like I've recently become single and started dating. So kind of have a whole new look on relationships. So one thing that I have noticed over the years is that um, timing is huge. Um, the person that is supposed to come into your life will come in at the right time. So that's big. Now in astrology, we look at the planets to see what, how your planets interact with each other. So I'll take the chart of, let's say, um, you know, a significant other of mine and my chart overlap them and look to see what the contract is. And it gets really interesting because sometimes it's like, sometimes there, there's some really nice um, connections there. And it might not be, any, be anything earth shaking, but it might be a nice relationship um, for a time. And then you have karmic relationships <laughs> that are blow you out of the water kind mm -hmm. of relationships. And um, you know it because you feel it. It feels differently. So you have to think about like when we're talking about um, marriage and, you know, um, Reverend Ivy talked about the Bible and we were talking about a time when humans didn't live that long and needed that for survival. You know, like you, you, you weren't going to survive without a significant other, you know, you weren't going to survive alone. And as a collective, as a society, we really have to embrace that that is just no longer the case that we have to move away from that model and we have to embrace change and evolution within relationships because that's really 
what happens when a relationship becomes toxic. We can't let go of it and we can't transmute it into something else. Um, so we, you know, we keep trying to hold on, hold on, hold on. And then it blows up in our face and it becomes something very toxic that has to go. Um, when maybe we could have just changed it, you know, to something totally different and not had all this toxic stuff happen. But the universe will push you. Um, you know, it will happen. So in astrology, when we're looking at really important karmic relationships, I go straight to the nodes. And the, the nodes are not planets. They're, they're chart points. But they do have to do with the moon. And the moon is the past. And it's karmic. So when we look at the North Node, <clears throat> this is where you're going to have a relationship. And it could be any of the relationships. It could be a friendship. It could be um, a romantic relationship. It, it could be any relationship. It could be parent-child relationship. But this relationship is going to feel different. When the North Node and your planets in your chart um, connect somehow, this is going to be um, a relationship that makes a difference in your life that does not um, feel like the other relationships. And with the North Node, you tend to feel pulled toward the person. Um, now, if we have a South Node connection, and I know that, I know Ivy had a boyfriend once that you had your South Node hmm. and Saturn, his Saturn next to yours. And I recently had a relationship that was the same. And no matter what I did, that relationship felt heavy. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. It was gross. Yeah, and it was yeah. like it—it it was a past life relationship, and yeah. you know, you feel the connection, so you're yeah. you are drawn to it initially, but once you get into the relationship, you're kind of repelled by it. Yeah. it it's weird. It's it's very it's strong though because. When we're looking at relationships, not only do we look at the nodes, but we have personal planets, which are like your moon, your sun, your Venus, your Mars, your Mercury. And we have outer planets, which are Pluto. Main ones in the main ones in um, synastry would be Pluto and Saturn because they're karmic. And when you have a when you have a Saturn connection, let's say Saturn, my Saturn touches somebody's moon. That's going to be a very important relationship. <clears throat> and it's going to be, there's a contract there. But if I have this with somebody, it might be difficult to get it started because Saturn is like, you know, restrictive and, you know, it's like you have to really earn your way. So the relationship might take a while to get going. Um, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where if you work at it, um, you know, it kind of, it, it gets better, but it is kind of the glue that holds the relationship together. When Pluto is involved, um, we're talking about deep changes. We're talking, you know, and, and this is, this is the interesting part. So you, I can look at two charts all day long, but what really matters is the consciousness of each partner going into the relationship. So if you have somebody who, let's say, is very unconscious and very ego driven or, you know, just doesn't 
have a whole lot of knowledge of themselves. That is going to, that's going to play into how the relationship plays out. Now, if you're two conscious people going into a relationship, it could play out completely different because there's always the chance of toxicity or like, especially when Pluto's involved and Mars, um, you have the possibility of addiction, violence, you know? So, but you also have the, you also have the possibility of depth, um, you know, soul bonding sex, um, soul bonding experiences. And if both people are not conscious of those energies within themselves, um, you're, you know, it could go bad. So you have to look at those dynamics too. Um, yeah. So when you're conscious, you know, you, you can have a relationship that is transformative. Um, it's, you know, like alchemy, it's, um, you know, deeply, deeply bonding, but if you're unconscious, it could very easily be abuse and violence and things like that. Everybody's going to have, when I, anytime I put two charts over each other, they're going to have some kind of connection. But when you start seeing three, four, five, six connections of these karmic big players to personal planets, that's when you know that it is an extremely important relationship. Doesn't mean it's going to last forever. We got to get, we got to get out of that mindset, but we, we know that it's going to be important that, you know, if we come into the relationship conscious and we're fully present as much as possible, we're going to have big changes in our lives that will be lasting. The changes may last. The relationship may not last, but the changes will last. So as a collective, we are starting to step into, you know, we're starting to step away from this white power uh, mentality and we're starting to step into, you know, the divine feminine. And one thing that once women start to embrace their Lilith energy, which, you know, has to do with empowerment and equality. So once women embrace that, it's going to be so much easier to, to, to cut cords, to not hang on forever, because we're going to know that we're fine without a partner, where society tells us we're not okay. You know, how many times do we hear, are you going to have children? You know, are you, aren't you going to get married? Right. So, and that's a societal pressure, but the more we come into our divine feminine energy, we're going to break those chains. And we're going to realize that it's okay that we don't have the same partner for 30 years. And we have to think of it like that too. What's better having a partner for 30 years where you kind of tiptoe around each other to keep the peace mm-hmm. or the quality you could have in a relationship for a certain amount of years where you're fully conscious, you know, so you kind of, we have to like start to weigh those things out. And also to the person we, we didn't really talk too much about free will, but let's say there's a contract and you know you feel the pull but that other person is a person who likes to control their life they don't listen to contracts they don't listen to their intuition they listen to what society is telling them no i can't be with that person you know i can't can't do it i have to be with this kind of person that person really does have a choice to fulfill the contract or not so you have to decide 
when, you know, when to walk away in that situation too, because it just, you know, you can't force somebody to go enter the contract with you. When time is wasted and two people are no, the relationship is no longer working. We have to start looking at that. Like we're going to not hate each other and do horrible things to each other. And, and until we have to break up, we have to start looking at it. Like, you know what, this was wonderful while it lasted and now it's turned into something else and that's okay. And I think that too, like I, like I have a nodal, I have a nodal connection with one of my children and it, it's, it's just a pull, you know what I mean? Like you can feel it, even though it's my child, it's still that really important pull. And I have a different connection with my other child and you can tell they are totally different contracts. I'm the same mom, but they both view me very differently. And I'm meant to fulfill different pieces of the contract in each of their lives. So you, we shouldn't take these contracts lightly because you are an important person in each person's life that you come in contact with, whether it be work person, child, you know, I mean, boundaries are key, just like what Reverend Ivory was saying. But it's really important that we come into these contracts fully conscious and recognize that other people are not fully conscious, but hopefully, you know, somewhat they will get conscious. And each one of us has transits going on in our own chart. So we have our birth chart and then layered over that we have the transits in the sky. So those transits are what's going to trigger a person coming in or out of your life too. So those are keys. And then how we handle it has to do with the consciousness. I think that is pretty much what I had. Okay. I love this. I just wanted to play off of what you just were saying here a second ago about how we should value our contracts and people who are conscious of these will appreciate, they'll have an attitude of gratitude, they'll be more engaging, you know, they'll honor, whether it be a work relationship, a family dynamic, a love partner, you know. And when you said that, I thought that's exactly it because people who are going to fulfill their life contract, their relationship contracts, they are people that are mindful. And when you said, look around, because a lot of people out there aren't, you could tell who's mindful. You could tell who isn't and who out of any of us enjoys being engaged in any type of a dialogue or a work relationship or heaven forbid, a love affair with someone who isn't mindful, with someone who isn't conscious, with someone who doesn't know themselves, someone who has no self-control. Um, it's sort of like they're just putting their energy out all the time. Bam, 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 bam. There's no interaction. Well, people, we just got to wake up. I mean, if you see that that's how it feels, you know, if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck and it eats duck food, it's a duck. It's someone who isn't conscious. It's someone who isn't mindful. And I love too how you said you can't force anybody, you know, this isn't even really a situation where you can lead a horse to water. And I think this is where so much heartbreak comes from with my clients, especially when they can not, will not let something go. It's because they believe that because there's a special contract and bond there, that they can somehow convince the other person to get on board with fulfilling it. And you can't, you can't. And so that's the sad reality. Now, what happens in a situation like that where then 
you have to get out of it because it's not healthy for you anymore. It becomes toxic. It's imploding, whatever. We have a class up on the website called Relationships, Boundaries, and Cord Cutting that you may want to check out. And there's a lot of myth floating around out there uh, that that's a terrible thing to do and that once you cut a cord, you can never get it back and you might be making a horrible mistake. Well, these are just manipulation tactics, okay? This is just one another tool uh, where we're minimizing people's uh, ability to care for themselves, their power to fulfill what they're supposed to in life. And we're trying to steal their independence, make them feel weak and insecure. And like we need, okay, we need, we're not set up in the universe to need anyone who is um, not assisting uh, in our growth. It's, it's not working that way. Okay. So it's another myth. And if you need to cut that cord, cut that cord, especially at night, it can help a lot if this is a karmic contract or this is a soulmate contract that has gone sour. Um, that person may literally be invading your sleep and your dreams through astral travel and you will want to set boundaries there. Okay. Uh, then I love too just how you were talking about free will. Yes. I noticed that at one point I was like, we didn't say anything about free will. What does this entire class really break down to free will versus destiny charted future? And this is, if you guys take nothing else home with you today, this is the key area where misunderstandings about relationships come in. If a relationship feels so dynamic to you, you think it is written in the stars, it is destiny charted, it is meant to be, it's probably because there's a contract there, but the contract only gets fulfilled based on each individual's free will to do so. So just because there is a contract and that part is destiny doesn't mean it's going to happen. That's right. And I, I wanted to point out too. So these very karmic, very life-changing relationships, the ones where the nodes are involved, you just know by feel, by the feel of it. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I can do astrology all day, but you know the pull um, when somebody, when a big relationship comes. and usually these relationships are not convenient relationships. These are relationships that have significant <laughs> challenges in them, whether it be, you know, um, you both come from completely different backgrounds or there's usually obstacles of tremendous <laughs> proportions. Um, but there, when the nodes are involved, it's like there, you have to play it out. You, you feel so pulled that you really just feel like you can't go. You can't not go. It's like, no, I, I got to go on this ride this with this person. I know I do. I just know I do. Now, it doesn't matter what it costs me. <laughs> mm -hmm. I got to go. You know, I mean, to a point. But those those are kind of reserved for special. Mm -hmm. And I think that society tells us we're supposed to have these convenient relationships. We're supposed to have these relationships, you know, I mean, look what we see on social media, look what we see on, you know, television, you know, like the guy gets on one knee and proposes and they live happily ever after. And, you know, they both live in a house with a white picket fence and everything's great. And so many people have that image in their minds today and they're trying to control their life. Like this one's not good enough because you know, it doesn't fit that mold or whatever. And really you're, you're not fulfilling your contracts 
because <laughs> you're trying to control it too much. So you have to look at what you're doing too. You no, know, I have to stay with this person because society tells me I have to stay with this person. Mm -hmm. Do you really though? Um, you know, is that is that what's best for your soul, for your soul growth? Because if something's not helping your soul grow, it's not for you anymore. So, yep. And it really is quite a fantasy to think that just because that's the person that got down on their knee, that they're going to know everything that you want and need. You know, there's a lot right. of talk in recent years about love languages, and I'm not that into it because trauma can cause a lot of that to happen. And there's a lot well, of, this, you know, yeah, you what's that? You change, you know, like, and you know your yeah. love language. 15 years ago, it could be completely it's different. From it's it is like now. an aura. It's like an right. aura graph. It's like an hour later, it could be different. So I don't care for a ton for that, you know, but and, I, think and, I think it's interesting that we're trying to honor each other more. Mm -hmm. and, and, but putting like putting so many expectations on one person too, yes. for the rest of their lives. I mean, you're going to be my all for the rest of your life. No. We're, but then we say, memes. I just put a meme up on this today. We also say, you know, if someone, if, if we say, well, you came up really short in this area, this is what I want from you. And then the person does it and they deliver that to their love partner. And they're like, here, here's this gift. I'm giving this to you. And you say, well, I wanted you to come up with it on your own. Yeah. Well, like we're not like, it's time to go to therapy because, you know, in any relationship you have, everyone can't read your mind. If they're not literally the psychic that you paid, you know, that's not their job. And so we have to give people more leeway and we just don't live in that kind of society. It's got to be quick and easy. And, and expectations kill a relationship every time. Really too. And I, I have to remind myself of that all the time. Expectations but. are probably yeah, the biggest, uh, it's really hard. The, yeah, the, the biggest problem, um, uh, because mm -hmm. we, we put so much hope yeah. You know, and we, not, not that we have it all figured out, but, right. <laughs> but we, you know, we recognize it in ourselves and we try to, we try to help ourselves or reminding ourselves, you know, things like that, like, you know, about contracts and about expectations and, you know, how um, to be more flexible and to be more detached, you know, don't be so attached to this person has to be in my life forever. Right. Like you are a whole person. Mm -hmm. um, so keep that ego out of it, which is fear, control, manipulation. Okay. Greed, holding on, get rid of the ego. We have a free mini class on that conquering your ego, you know, here, um, on ask Ivy on YouTube. Also last thing I'm going to say, and we're going to start taking your questions, Christina, when you said, uh, earlier, how we put so much value on that, you know, till death do us part and that marital status with the white picket fence. Um, you know, ladies, especially because we're the ones who are usually, you know, looking to have those children. Remember, you could have a child on your own. You could have a child through adoption. You could have a child with a surrogate. You could have children with a, a gay friend. You could have, to, there are other ways. You go to a sperm bank. Okay. You can have that child. Do not put that pressure on finding that right person when the biological clock is still, you know, working and the house. I see this too. Well, I want to get married. I want to get married because I want to have kids, a house and financial security. Marriage doesn't necessarily give you that. And you can have those things on your own. So you may want to ask yourself, why are you putting so much pressure to get married? Okay. Even why is your family? Do they not think that you could do these things on your own? I would say that before somebody even gets married, it's a wise idea to have these things in your life that you got for yourself and see if a partner can actually add 
to the wonderful life that you've created. You know, go backward. Let's take some questions here. Okay, quick little comments about the show. Such great information. Thank you both. You're very welcome. Thank you. Uh, me love 716. This class easily could have gone on all day. Very good content. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm I'm proud of us for cramming it. I think we did good. Then we have one from Catrice333. Just left a two-year relationship where we are like magnets to each other. Completely toxic. It's probably those cords. Good for you for knowing. Sounds like Pluto. <laughs> That's like a Pluto connection. Every time Christina says Pluto, I get chills up my spine and I want to run. <laughs> Google Pluto. <laughs> get a reading with, get the chart with her and see. Yeah, that, that never ends well. Angie Hudson, 11. My soulmate passed a year ago, even though we had been divorced 12 years and remarried, still my soulmate. I'm so sorry for your loss. Yes. And that soulmate connection is really an incredible thing because sometimes um, when the relationship contract wasn't completely fulfilled or you guys really struggled because soulmate bonds are difficult, they're hard. Sometimes when that individual does pass, the relationship can actually be stronger while they're on the other side because they're living more authentically. So it's beautiful to watch that continue. Can you still be bonded with a past loved one? Absolutely. So contracts don't, they don't fade um, in that way. So we will have ancestors that are, you know, contracted to us, um, loved ones on the other side, friends, lovers, children, all kinds of different dynamics. And we continue to work with each other from the other side. Does that mean that if and when you reincarnate that you'll have that same type of contract or dynamic or will you even have one at all? Not necessarily. We would have to look at the individual relationship. Christina? Yeah. I mean, I, can you be bonded with a past loved one? Um, absolutely. You know, and you, there's so many, I mean, that's why everybody should take the mediumship course. <laughs> there, That right there. PsychicMediumshipCourse.com. Yes. Learn yeah. the lost language of mediumship to keep that relationship going. Yeah. Because you have no idea. Right. Until you take that course. You really don't. 5G's mama. Does any type of contract never end? Like a divine union? I don't know that I've really seen that. I, I think that that's more along the line of like the twin flame concept that I believe is com just complete nonsense. Um, but not to say that what you're asking is nonsense, but that's the closest thing I can compare this to. Um, I have not seen anything where it's going to go on like forever and ever and ever because we have free will. So I just don't know what that person is going to choose to do. They may not even fulfill this one here, much less forever and ever and ever. And because we grow and we change, the contracts may change. And so it's sort of like starting all over again. Um, do I believe that once people have a bond, they sort of forever have that energetic connection? That I do believe in. I don't know, Christina, would that be to you like North Node? seeing that there could be future lives, maybe? Yeah, I was thinking maybe like soul tribes, you know, like that kind of thing, how you tend to stay with the same, um, you know, souls. Earthly, no. You know what I mean? Nothing lasts forever on Earth. That's the that's the whole point <laughs> of being on Earth. So, no, not on Earth. But, yeah, like divine-wise, like out, you know, after life. Yeah, sure. 
<laughs> I love that when you talk about soul tribes, because I will notice um, myself and students will say that, you know, we're working all night. We're working with guides, work with angels, and we're working with different people. And we don't necessarily recognize these people. I believe those members of our soul tribe, they could be from previous lives and that mm -hmm. work continues. Well, I mean, we can't be reborn with everybody. We can't do it all at once. So there are, yeah, bonds like that. Interesting. And that that's, again, those are work contracts. I also don't believe in twin flames either because that's, that's saying that you're half of a person and that's, that's not true. No, but they've made a ton of cash off of that. A ton. So let's look at David. I was wondering if Christina could explain more in detail about what a south node connection is and how to spot it on a chart. Um, one of the biggest things with the south node, I think you can go to astro.com and do like a, a chart overlay. But the strongest is going to be when it's a conjunction. So right next to each other. Um, anytime you have that south node next to, um, it looks like a I don't know, like a U, I guess. Um, but anytime a planet of theirs is conjunct your south node or your planet is conjunct their south node, that's going to be like a source of contention in the relationship. That's going to be like a difficult thing to overcome. Um, it, it depends on how strong it is, but there's past life stuff there. And then you have to decide whether you want to, well, you know, if it was like a romantic relationship, you would have to decide if you want to continue if it felt right. Now, if it's with like your child or something, obviously um, there's things to work out with whatever. It depends on what planet it is, but you would definitely read. So how you read the South Node conjunct like um, a planet is you would look at like the low vibrations of that planet and see how those are coming out in the relationship. So for instance, when both Ivy and I, two different partners, but we both had the South Node conjunct Saturn with a partner and we both felt like it was just heavy and, and like, mm -hmm. it wasn't fun. Mm -mm. Like it wasn't light. That's the only thing I can think of. Like it wasn't light and fun and um, it was very heavy and, and, and like, full of like I don't know like it was like it was almost like misery really to be honest so and, and it was like also sort of addictive in the way that like you felt so connected to this person yes it's yeah. like you don't want it you don't want to be connected to something that's a drag but you yeah, also can't deny that, that bond was there and it almost yes. created that drive to want to make it work yes you know? and, and there, there was him. He was like a dancing clown, even trying to make it work, trying to make it light, trying to make it better. Like he even knew, even though I never said it out loud to him, but I was still getting drained. Yeah. It drain. It's just, it's constant drain. Yeah. And that's what South Node is it's drain. And, um, there can be love there. There yeah. can be love there. And there, I know there was with me, but it, it just was too heavy for me. And I know too much, <laughs> you know, it was like, I gotta, I just gotta to go. run. Yeah. I gotta go. I gotta it's go. It's not going to get any better. It's not that the love isn't still there. It's right. just, it's just not workable. Ooh, little dose of truth. All right. Moharan spirit. How do you know if you should break up with your friend? I would go to my TikTok If you're not already on there, it's at ask Ivy. All my social media accounts are at ask Ivy pretty much. 
And you would want to watch that. I thought the video I put up today of the therapist talking about friendship breakups was pretty spot on. And I felt like she, she really said it all in one minute. And I know some of the things that she said there was that you either have different interests, you're growing at different rates, and you don't want to see it like go sour, go bad, go dark. You just don't need to see that there's something wrong, something terrible happened. It's just sort of dissolving and you're honoring it in that way. And I thought one of the great examples that she used, I brought into curriculum here tonight was when she said, if you guys got together at a time when you had some bad habits, drinking, partying, overspending, and now you want to move on from that, but this person is still there doing that. You could just, you know, grow apart. I would also say if, if you, if you feel like you can't trust this person. If you feel like you can't share, I mean, personally, a deal breaker for me in a friendship is if I think that person doesn't trust me, like they don't seem to know who I am. If somebody doesn't know who I am, you don't belong here. That's it. If you don't know who I am, because I don't really change, then you don't belong here. So they should be able to trust you and back you and you should be able to trust them. I would say that if that's not there, as in any relationship, that's a big red flag. Yeah, I agree with all that. I think when your values start to change, when you level up and they don't you know what I mean so but I think we're also under this sort of fantasy with friendship too this oh we've been friends since we were five you know and who cares <laughs> this person is not <laughs> what more <laughs> this person yeah. yeah you know you can say hi on Facebook you know there's nothing wrong with that I mean but you know there's just times and you can see these in the transits a lot of times too when a friend leaves your you know leaves your the contract is over and leave but remember everything has to die in order to make room for new so that includes includes everything really unfortunately i mean you know this is this is like real talk this is like truth <laughs> it's not it's not like oh that's great no it's kind of like the ugly truth everything has to die and every you know what i mean it just does that's just our that's just earth and if it's not then there can be no rebirth and we're literally just stagnating no and, and think about it too like if something grows too much it's like a cancer cell too right if it's overgrowing. So you can't, you got to think of that too. Like things have to regenerate. Yeah. I, th I think we just need to be okay with it. You know, this is how it is and that's okay. Okay. Modi live. I had a soul contract. I think it was that strong feeling. You're right. Nothing more than friendship happened and I've let it go. But what happened to the contract? Uh, was it a lesson in letting go? Well, it could have been, it could have been one of those relationships where this person is put on your path literally to help you appreciate relationships for whatever they are. So it's helping you to grow as a person. It's helping you to grow spiritually. It's helping you to evolve in your understanding of universal law and manifestation and gratitude and all those magical things. And so sometimes those, those are some of the most significant relationships that they are. And it's just like a like a cool breeze, you know, on a summer day, it just sort of comes through and, and leaves and you realize you're changed, you know, forever. Could be. I agree with that. I also, what I have noticed is that they can come back at the right time too, which is so interesting to me. And this has just recently happened to me, you know, like where I met somebody, thought they were special and then they were gone and they came back. And this has happened a couple of times actually. And, and there is one that happened over the span of, a little more than 20 years. Mm -hmm. So you, you'll know because like, it's like, you'll, it's not like a toxic pullback though. It's like the person needs you or something. There's more unfinished business. So you're pulled again. So like never 
discount, don't wait for it. Don't be like sitting around waiting for it. Mm -hmm. But sometimes if you're cognizant of the signal of the, you know, you're just paying attention to spirit signals, you know, like one person I had a premonition about and I was like, oh, I got to find this person because I know something's going on. And the other one, like it just came into my, it came into my peripheral because spirit will often speak to you through the peripheral you know, like try to get your attention. And then I saw that and then I pursued that. And you know what I mean? Like, so it it's not necessarily always over. It just might, I don't, it just might not be the right timing. That makes sense. I love, I love those contracts too. Cause it's like this little mystery, you know, it's almost like a game. Um, and it's like in the next level, maybe they won't be there, but in the third, you know, or like watching a series of a show and then that old character pops up again. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. when you see synchronicities, um, you guys may be crossing paths repeatedly to get work done together. Uh, it's, it's just getting to that point where you can recognize it. That's the problem. Right. Like, I mean, and really, you have to really take the mediumship course and you have to take the classes to really understand how to look for the right, you know, not the toxic stuff, yeah. but the stuff coming directly from spirit. Yeah, like there, there will be patterns, you know? And yeah, it's a whole different thing. If someone's like toxically pulling and tugging at you for manipulation purposes, that's not the same as, as someone showing up 10, 15, 20 years later and you guys having a, re- a relationship rekindling for some reason. Um, it happens all the time. It's pretty awesome. Chris. Dina, thank you so much for being on here with me. I always have so much fun when you join me. Yay, it was so good. It was so good. I'm thankful for everybody who uh, joined us too and commented. Yes, thank you everybody for being here on TikTok, on YouTube. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Spirit. Everybody have a great night. See you soon.